Hi, Justice fans. Today we're talking about Sofia Vergara being sued by her own embryos and the fight over the Kardashian name and more. You are tuned into Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is served. All righty, let's get this show started. Welcome to Justice is Served here on Black Hollywood Live. Thank you for joining me. My name is Chelsea Galicia, joined by my reliable co-host, Shaka <laughs> Smith. Thanks so much for being yeah, nice here. Nice to be here. Nice to see you. Uh, we've got an, uh, kind of a random smorgasbord of good cases to talk about this week. Uh, be sure to um, join us again next week, but then heads up, we're out the following week, so we are coming up on the last couple shows of the year. Crazy, right? Wow. And this show is kind of special for me personally because it marks two years of wow. justice for me. Well, happy anniversary. Well, thank yes. you. A little pat for me on the back that I um, made it this far. Um, and I don't know if there's any of you that have been fans of the show since I started and hopefully you've noticed a remarkable improvement in my <laughs> skills around here. Um, but yeah, very excited that I have survived this yes, long. Yes, you have and done it well. So Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so we got to talk about this crazy story that I randomly love uh, and it has to do with being sued by embryos. Yeah, wow. What a Sofia Vergara. I, this ex cannot let go of her. Yeah, talk about your know, modern family. This is like the true. <laughs> she's really living this out in reality here, right? Yeah, so she was sued by him because he wanted custody over the embryos. That suit went nowhere. Yeah. So now he's done this thing where he went to the state of Louisiana, which yeah. has these what I'm going to call kind of crazy pro-life Very pro-life, yeah. Laws. laws yeah. Set up a trust for these embryos if they should... Come, come to life for their education and health care. Yeah. Dude, I know some kids in Aleppo that would really need that help yeah. right about now. They are alive, hopefully still, if they haven't been slaughtered yeah. by their government. They could probably use the money in, yeah. that, uh, in that trust, but I digress. <laughs> uh, so he sets up this trust in yeah. the state of Louisiana and then has the embryos, which he named, by the way. Yeah, Isabella and Emma, was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's just creepy to me. What? Well, do you name your sperm, Shaka? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't name my eggs. No. And I don't... And yeah, and these aren't really embryos. They're pre-embryos. So right. yeah, they're fertilized ova. So an embryo is when you actually implant this fertilized ova into the uterus. So these are not even embryos yet. Pre-embryos. No, it, this, this takes, you know, where does life begin to a whole new well, conversation. I, you know, for, uh, for Louisiana and those laws, it looks like at the very, very beginning. Because it, it looks like it's likely that he would prevail on the laws um, of Louisiana. But, unfortunately, he may have signed away his right to these embryos. So, unfortunately for who? Well, yeah. So, so he's suing for, or, or the embryos are suing for the uh, right to be born. Yes, yeah. Okay. They, they um, amazingly had the right to an attorney before they had the right to be born. <laughs> That's a great suit to win, though, I'll tell you. Right to wow. be born. Okay. So, I saw in an interview with Nick Loeb, Sofia Vergara's yeah. ex, uh, about a year ago, that he believes that they have already created life. Yeah. And that that agreement that they signed that says that only both of them can consent to, together yeah. Yeah. To consent to bring them to life, he kind of waved that off saying, but that was signed at the beginning. 
yeah, dude, that's, that's when agreements are signed at the beginning to lay true. out the rules yeah. before you go into something. And that's where you are. You're still at the beginning. They haven't nothing been done with these embryos. He somehow thinks that they're at a different phase now. Well, uh, it, I don't think he actually thinks that. It looks like to me, he might be. He doesn't want to let go of the relationship. He doesn't want to let go of whatever those feelings were. He wants to remain tied to her in some way. Um, she's already married. She's you know she's yeah, moved on. Yeah, he presented it uh, in that interview that no, it was nothing to do with her. That it was about this life that they had already, or lives that they had already created, and he wanted to be a father to them. Okay, so. You think that the embryos stand a good chance under the well, state well, yeah, laws? It, exactly. Under the state laws, Louisiana is very pro-life. And so it looks like the embryos, if a judge could reasonably find that uh, the embryos have the right to life and should be implanted. Uh, however, it looked like he signed away his right to do that when he said that he and Sophia must consent to have those embryos um, brought to life, essentially. Right. So I guess the question is whether the embryo's right to life trumps the contract, right. or that, yeah, the state law. Um, but and in an, and in other words, whether those embryos' rights trump the rights of living human beings, i.e., Sophia Vergara's rights, yeah. with what to do over those pre-embryos. Yeah, it's sort of it's definitely. Can you contract away life? And you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, the spectrum, you know, we talk about euthanasia, and we say that you can't really do that. So it's almost, it, I can see him prevailing here. now. What? I could see a judge in Louisiana. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I could see a crazy. I mean, with, judge I mean, with in these Louisiana. laws, I mean, that's what these laws. These laws are almost designed in a situation similar to this. But the reason that I said I love this case is because I want it to go to the Supreme Court. Oh yeah, certainly would. Yeah, and would I settle think, that uh, this area of law. But do you want to go to the Supreme Court now that we and we that's have an, that's immediately where my mind went, and uh, I. I Hmm. I mean, I definitely. You want to get there by the time someone well, else is in office. Let's let's even play worst case scenario game. Yeah. Let's say that we have an Antonin Scalia 2.0. Yeah. Uh, that gets into the Anthony Scalia 1.0 yeah. uh, seat. Even in that situation, if if Scalia was a strict constructionist who only believed that the exact words in the Constitution are what the founders meant, mm. uh, they didn't speak anything in there of embryos having a right to life. So yeah. even, but, I think, Scalia but, would be like, uh, this is a stretch well, because then, I don't see this in the Constitution. Then you're defi- redefining what a person is, and you know. So th- that's, what, that's where they would have to eventually go in order to get that there. Yeah, so I, I, I see this, if it went to the Supreme Court, come on, Sophia, you could do it, just take <laughs> it all the way. And I could see this, these laws being struck down. And that's the only reason why I have a real interest or like of this case at all. Otherwise, I, it's just I, is ridiculous I, and frivolous. I think if the Supreme Court gets more and more conservative, you'll see the definition of personhood get earlier and earlier and earlier, and to the point where it... It might be that a fertilized ova then has the same rights as a person. So I, I don't think that. Be careful, because yeah. then every man's, you know, used condom now has oh. a, a boatloads of lives <laughs> in there, and now you're responsible for what happens well, well, to I, them. I don't know if it'll, it'll go that far. Uh, well, because, the slippery slope is quite slippery. But I, I think the fertilization aspect um, is something that um, proponents will seize on, and so. Oh, man. I mean, what drives me crazy about this is that we have real, live children on this planet that need so much love and attention, and we're arguing over whether we should give pre 
embryos. But but to some people, life, but to some people, those real life children are the same as the pre embryo. I mean, they're the same. They're tantamount. They're they're this. They're the exact same. To, life is life to some people. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't even know what to do with. I mean. Real, like, some people value their pets more than they would value another person, you know. So it, some people just view life as life. And so I can see, and I, and I think the laws are designed, at least in that in Louisiana, to kind of attack these sort of um, cases. So Okay. Uh, I don't know if I agree with it, but I, I see, I certainly see. You don't know? <laughs> yeah. okay. I certainly see where they're going with this. All so right. I, I do think he's got a likelihood of, um, I'd say, a better than 50% chance of prevailing. Because I think they're going to want to find in his favor. So, I, I, I don't know. And you know what the other thing that occurred to me right now is that let's just say this goes to the Supreme Court. Before the justices will even consider the, like the crux of your case, you have to have standing. Yeah. You have to show that you are inevitably harmed. Yeah. Are these embryos inevitably harmed? Well, certainly from Nick's standpoint, you know, but from the embryos standpoint, but they're he's not a, harmed. But he's they also just bringing, but he's also bringing suit too. So. I don't think that his suit survived because it got oh, tossed. My, oh, my, I thought that he was part of this suit as well. No, no, that's why he filed the suit under the embryos because yeah. he doesn't really have much of a recourse, as I understand it. But this will be fascinating to to see. I. I I, I can't imagine that this is very easy for Sofia Vergara to go through, yeah. and um, I feel bad saying like I'm so fascinated by this. Like, and it's you know it's something such a personal. That, yeah, but I, I I think that it facilitates a conversation that this country needs to have, and and I understand you know. And this one's a little bit more complicated life. than yeah. This one's a little bit more complicated than your typical situation, you know. Wanting to support life, that's really fascinating. And, and But saying that unborn life is the exact same as life that's already here and is already suffering. Yeah. That, <laughs> somebody's going to have to try really hard to convince me of because I just don't see it. But the I, life I, living right now that's suffering, yeah. I think, deserves the uh, uh, well, I think love that's and a, attention over yeah. se- literally cells well, I think that's a practical argument, but I think other people... God have, forbid we be practical. Well, there you go, God. <laughs> I think people have a belief system. <laughs> and so if your belief I system is... I think God is, is practical. Yeah, so if people have a belief system that that's, no life is different than no matter what stage it's at, then that's, you know, that's, that's what's going to govern uh, how they're going to look at this, this particular case. So that's what the law in Louisiana is, and that's what they're looking at, and the judge wants to find in the, favor. You the know, interesting part about, you know, as we get more and more... Um, specific about when life begins, yeah. the more we must rely on this thing called science. Yeah. Because it's only scientists and scientific study and scientific tools and instruments that allow us to see all of this stuff. Like, yeah. we wouldn't even... But now we're going back to the heartbeat rule and, um, you know, some jurisdictions are trying to enact that. Ohio so, governor yeah. just de- vetoed the, the heart rate the, the heartbeat. Heart, and then they had the follow-up. Yeah. The 20-week one he signed. Yeah, so you know, that's going to certainly begin the, the... Those were both abortion bills that yeah. he was um, given the option to sign. And, and so I, I think you're going to end up pushing this goalpost you know, further and further away. And then you know, the heartbeat rule might come back two right. years from now. Or right, you know. until the government then you know, has a say over the eggs that sit in my <laughs> womb. And then you know, somebody's going to force me, somebody who at this time is not inclined to have children, to have kids because... These eggs inside of me are the potential for life, and now I'm going to be forced. Well, 
I would say fertilized once again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you're saying that you know this is going to go more and more further back. I, I mean, it's possible right now yeah. for science to extract the eggs from me yeah. and use them to create life. Am I soon uh, uh, going to have no say over that? Hopefully by the time that happens, I'll be too old. Yeah, I'm going to say if we're, t- if we're talking over the course of you know the next 50 to 100 years, depending on what the Supreme Court hopefully looks I like. Hopefully I hit menopause in 50 <laughs> that, years. That could certainly happen, but yeah. Uh, hopefully not sooner. <laughs> Anyways, I know that I will. Jeez, I'm getting up there. Okay. Um, so we will definitely be following that. Yeah. And then we will move on now to the the Kardashian name battle. This yeah. was something that I wasn't anticipating was going to be a battle, but then now I realize it kind of has to be. Yeah, to some degree. So it looks like what Black China, who's uh, who's supposed to be marrying uh, Rob Kardashian, yeah, um, and plans to change her name to Angela Renee Kardashian, went to go um, trademark her name with the USPTO, and the Kardashians have issued sort of a cease and desist, you know, uh, no against go. yeah, yeah. So this is kind of fascinating to me because okay i see from her side uh she thinks I'm, I, she's gonna get married which you know by yeah. the way is a whole nother conversation like i like how you qualified the conversation yeah. with she's supposed well, to get married yeah, who knows what's who knows this whole conversation be could be completely irrelevant yeah. in like 30 seconds if they break up but it does pose an interesting legal question yeah that may be her legal name and she wants to protect it well you well, sure. You, yeah. I see that side. Yeah. So, you know, there's Angela Renee Kardashian, and that's your legal name. But if you're trading on that name as a part of the Kardashian empire, then you're kind of trading on that goodwill. Exactly. And, that, and that's the problem. The only reason I would think she'd want to trademark, trademark Angela Renee Kardashian is to trade on that goodwill. Yeah, absolutely. And as compared to some random Jane Smith off the street who tries to, yeah. you know, use the name... Uh, What's her name? Angela Renee. Oh, yeah, Angela, yeah. Kardashian. To you, against a random person off the street who yeah. tries to use that name, sure, Black China, do you see why it's so difficult <laughs> for me to follow these names, should own that and be able to use it to her um, benefit and not be able to have it hijacked by some random person who wants to make money off that name. Yeah. So against the public, I see that it's fair. But as to the... Kardashian women. Yeah, it's going to dilute. In their argument, uh, at least the three sisters, it's going to dilute their um, basically their their trademark. Yeah. So the dilution argument is like, mm, yeah, kinda. Well, but the it, stronger argument yeah. is the confusion that it creates. Yeah, the confusion. But you know, if she decides to make lines of mugs and lines of this that have Angela Renee Kardashian, you know, she can use that name. So it's going to certainly dilute that brand. Yeah, so the the whole point of trademarks is to be clear about what it means when you use a certain yeah. sign, um, color scheme, yeah. name. There's no confusion in the market. Right, that who, that who it is. So I can't open up a restaurant with, like, red awnings and, like, yellow with it and have, like, an arch, yeah. you know, two arches as a symbol. Because most people would and be sell confused, burgers. exactly. They would think I was... McDonald's. Right. Yeah. Even if I never even called myself McDonald's, if I made it look like a McDonald's restaurant, that would be an infringement on their trademark. So same thing with people here. These women have created brands for themselves. And, uh, yeah, if if she does like a line of, let's say, food or something, kind of outside of their wheelhouse... 
But I mean, the, it's not exactly confusing because we, the public, their yeah. brand is not food. But you know, their brand is it's it's so vast that if I saw something labeled Kardashian with food, I would assume it was related to them. It's true, but a trademark law doesn't allow you to like, as much as they might not like this, own the world. Like yeah. even McDonald, well, McDonald's had to file separate trademarks for use in different regions, parts of the world. Like, yeah. you can't. You know, if I have a business and it has a certain it, it, color it, scheme, somebody on the other side of the planet who uses the same one isn't infringing on my it, trademark. It, it has to be where I'm in business. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough because they're so ubiquitous. They're everywhere, and they do have their hands in a lot of different areas that are tangentially related to other areas. So, you know, you'd have to do something in an area that was so unrelated and different to them as to make people go, this is probably not the Kardashians. Well, yeah, and so then... So if you're talking about fashion or, you know... Then I, for sure that's yeah. a crossover. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, if she ever uses a trademark, it needs to come with, like, a per- parenthetical, like, not Kim, Courtney, Chloe yeah, endorsed. Exactly. Because that's the other problem is that it looks like anything she does is endorsed by Courtney, Kim, yeah. and Chloe because yeah. of the name association. Exactly. And... Um, Let's say, you know, I, I don't know, Black China, she, I understand she's a former stripper. So if she, well, I was going to say she had a pole, but I think having the Kardashians had, I, I don't know. But I'm just <laughs> trying to think of something that yeah. Black China would want to, you know, license a line of yeah. that the Kardashian woman would not want to be associated with. Yes. What recourse would they have at that point? Well, yeah, once she has a trademark, that's hers, you know, so... So if she if if Black if it China was like sex tried toys for for example yeah. okay good example yeah. although I could see in my eyes Chloe going <laughs> that direction but be that as it may um, yeah f- perfect example yeah. Black China wants to do a line of sex toys the Kardashian women are like we want nothing to do with yeah. that but then they're associated with it. Yeah. In the marketplace because their name is on the product. And it's close enough where people go, oh, I could see Chloe doing that, so it probably is them, you know? Yeah. And so that would be the problem. Yeah, yeah, so this is actually a really sticky situation, and yeah. I don't see a clear-cut solution. Well, and as their lawyer noted, you know, why did she do it when she was with Tyga, married Tyga? She didn't trademark her name then, you know? Yeah, so it's that's not a gr- just- but that's, I mean, that's an interesting point to make. And it just goes to show that Black China's like stands to make more money off well, the Kardashian think, name. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's, that's the point. She's speaking. But she's your motivation, trade on the your motivation for seeking a trademark is kind of irrelevant. No, I think no, it's not relevant. If you are, if they know that you're trying to trade on the goodwill of someone else's name, and that's why you're getting the trademark. It's, that's you know that'll be prima facie evidence to deny the trademark. Well, I. The, if the goal is to make money off the name and it's her legal name, she has the right, she would have the right to, to do that. Unless, uh, she, if they can show specific evidence that she's only doing this to trade on the goodwill of the Kardashian name, then she can't get the trade. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right, so that will actually be an ongoing saga. I know there's a whole, you know, element like in, the inside story about yeah. what's going on with them personally well, yeah, and all that. We, we've heard all this drama about Chris, whether reaching out to her and you know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll stick to the legal, legal yeah. facts for now. Yeah, too exactly. much drama in that family. Exactly. I mean, I kind of ho- hope that we get a decision on this, and. And that they don't break up before, just because I'm really curious about the legal ramifications of yeah. this little battle here. Okay, and now a sad story that feels strangely parallel to a story we did last week yeah. on Joe McKnight. Mm-hmm. NFL star Will Smith was killed earlier this year in a road rage incident, yeah. also in New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, Will Smith's um, killer was convicted this week. 
Yeah, so he got was convicted of manslaughter and attempted manslaughter because um, Will Smith's wife was in the car and he had actually shot at her and I believe it hit her. I don't. I, I didn't believe that she was hit, but she she collapsed and played dead yeah. because she thought that was her best chance at survival. Yeah, so. I cannot imagine being in that situation. But um, yeah, the interesting thing here for me was that the original charge was for second degree murder. Yeah, but the jury opted to. Um, for manslaughter, because and I think the the element of the case is why the jury kind of ultimately came down on manslaughter and attempted manslaughter because there wasn't a road rage incident before Will Smith had exited the vehicle, um, and so there was that, that sort of confrontation. So yeah, additionally, I think I thought that made I don't know, but I kind of hmm, I don't know the the road rage incident actually included like the the vehicles hitting. Yeah. That takes things kind of to another level. It's different for me than like one somebody cutting somebody yeah. else off. Um, the vehicle's touching like your, your adrenaline. I mean, my car was hit this weekend. I wasn't even in it. It yeah. was parked, and my adrenaline jumped yeah. just at the sight. Of it. Well, because actually, I was in my friend's house. My car was parked on her street, and I heard the crash outside. Yeah. I go outside to look to see what happened, make sure everybody's okay. I look at my car just because a voice tells me, look at your car. (laughs) And sure enough, it had been run into in the crash. So I get how an actual crash would make the adrenaline. passion. Yes. So I would say I get that that goes towards like a second degree. Like that's a... I I think there was an idea of whether or not Will Smith was kind of an aggressor in in this action. And I think yeah. that's why the jury probably went with the manslaughter. And the jury knew that Will Smith was driving above the legal limit. Mm-hmm. Probably in their mind, you know, he was drunk and therefore it sounds more feasible that he was, like, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he did come out of the car. Yeah. And uh, so it, it doesn't – the picture of him that was painted was not that of a completely innocent yeah, um, but person. I think I think manslaughter and the attempt at manslaughter were appropriate. You know, he faces up to sixty years in um, jail as a result, forty years in the man charge, and twenty years on the attempted. So, yes, and I, I, I think because of the, probably because of the outpouring from the saints mm-hmm. and how many people packed the courtroom, that, uh, and, and that and that you have the testimony of the wife who watched yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. That when it's this emotional, I I have a sense that the jury is going to find on the higher end of this possible sixty years. Yeah, I agree. You, yeah. You're on that same page too. All right. Um, so we will find out on February seventeenth what the actual sentence will be. In the meantime, uh, we'll get an update on the Lee Baca corruption case. For me, this is just riveting. Um, not only it's like the top sheriff in Los Angeles, one of the largest um, cities in the country in the world, and this guy, I, I think we're going to watch him go down. I mean, well, he yeah, was well, already yeah. ready to plead guilty to to this, but then when yeah, he he tried to find out just how long he was going to be in jail <laughs> for, and the judge is like, "I'm not going to tell you that right now." He's like, "Oh, never mind. Let's yeah. go to trial instead." 
Um, apparently he was concerned about how long he was going to be in jail and where he would be in his Alzheimer's. Like, dude, who, I mean, after a while, I mean, I guess you won't know what's... Well, that's not funny. I'm going to stop myself <laughs> midway through that comment. Okay. Sometimes I can go, that sounds... Oh, no, well, that's not good. Bring Let's, it back. Yeah. Let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, because I do think that Alzheimer's is a really terrible oh, yeah. and tragic disease, and I, it just thinks... I think it's being a little, like, cartooned yeah. by the way that Lee Baca is using it. So I kind of have a little less sympathy for him. And I have less sympathy when I, I hear by the a former deputy who is right now convicted sitting in jail and who testifies to the culture of the jails. Yeah, just the way they were abusing the prisoners. Yeah. Beating inmates that were cuffed that really did not deserve it. I don't know an inmate that does really deserve to be beat up. I mean, restrained maybe, yeah. but beat up, no. Um, how rampant it was yeah. uh, and and who knew about it because that is the big question of this case. Exactly. Lee Bach is like, yeah, everybody knew about this. But me. <laughs> but me. My number two man, he knew, <laughs> not me. Yeah. And I almost want to say if he knew, <clears throat> send him away. If he didn't know, send him away or completely take away his entire pension because he should have freaking known yeah, and, and done yeah. something about it. Yeah, and So either way, I have very little sympathy for the man. Yeah, this was so, such a pervasive scheme, uh, especially with the FBI informant and moving the informant around. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the details of this are just, if there hasn't been There's got to be a movie that's yeah. made about something yeah, like that. Yeah, so it was fascinating. So the guy who testified this week said that he was convicted of uh, bribery right. yeah. because he was offered $1,500 in order to bring, in exchange for bringing in a cell phone. Yeah, unbeknownst to him, he was offered that by an FBI informant to then give that cell phone to another FBI informant. Yes. And then the FBI informant that was in in prison, Anthony Brown, once the department got wind that he became an informant, they started deleting his name in the record. changing his name, moving him around different prisons, yeah. Right. Whoa. Um, I know that the... Somebody else that is going to testify soon is somebody who got a verbal talking to, like a whiplash, a, a verbal whiplash, sp- from Baca specifically about these events. So that's going to be used to tie him to that the fact that he absolutely knew that this was yeah. going on. Yeah, I think it's not going to go well for him in um, the outcome of this case. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first. Okay, and... Uh, a case that we have to talk about that I almost considered not talking about because I was afraid to talk about the hate that Dylan Roof spewed, even from his confession. And so I was like, maybe we should just shelve the conversation about the guilt because we already know he's guilty. We'll wait till the penalty phase because I'm afraid that if we cover this um, story these details too closely. Sorry, I think I almost spit on you. That that we're going to be regurgitating his hatred. Uh, not necessarily. I, I think sunlight's the best disinfectant. And I think when you say these things and you you know you put these stories out there, I think it's good in some ways for people to hear the jarring comments that that are being made. Yeah, but. I think I'm getting my approach from Oprah, like where I get everything in life from, because early on in her show, yeah. she had on um, 
members of the KKK, yeah. and then she realized that you know she was actually giving them a voice and giving them a platform that she didn't want to. So I was coming at it from that. Yeah, same I, perspective. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I would have him on as a guest. You know, <laughs> so no. But I, I think uh, parsing through the words after they've already been laid out there, and I'm kind of going through it in that yeah. way. I think it can be beneficial. So, I mean, I was planning on like, okay, maybe we don't even talk about it. But this case has gone by so fast. I yeah. mean, we're almost at the end. Yeah, we have. To, we kind of have to talk about it because it's over. You know? Yeah. So the prosecution was done. They yeah. put on the witness who survived the shooting. She yeah. survived the shooting because he specifically chose a victim not to kill so she could share the story. Yeah. And uh, that woman watched her son be shot five times and die. And uh, so that testimony has wrapped up. The prosecution has rested. The judge then turned to Dylan Roof, asked him if he wanted to testify. He declined. It's his right to do so, to not uh, testify. And the defense did not offer any witnesses. And so now we just have closing arguments tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and then it'll go to the jury. Yeah, so looks pretty cut and dry, so hopefully no surprises. Yeah, so next, next uh, next week we'll know, and then we'll be on to... The real issue in this case is whether he should have life in prison or the death penalty. All right, so then let's move Did you on. have a, an opinion on that? You I know, know you're anti-death penalty, well, but... I, I'm, I'm anti-death penalty a lot because I see of the inequitable way that it's applied. When blacks and Hispanics have a higher rate of being of having the death penalty applied when there's so many times that new scientific DNA evidence is showing that people were not guilty of crimes in the first place that we find out now that eyewitness testimony is not as reliable as we think those kinds of things make me against the death penalty in this case it doesn't it doesn't fit into those objections for yeah. the death penalty. Yeah. I also object to how much money it costs. I don't uh I understand the need for appeals and all that, but I mean it's just such a suck on the system. Yeah. Um but that it that in some cases it actually costs more for the government to, to kill someone than keep them alive for life. Yeah. But if by killing somebody you also kill their hatred, <laughs> <laughs> I want it dead. Oh, yeah. And so I, that's where yeah. I am on, on that one. Okay. Uh, nice and light today, huh? <laughs> right. And yeah, we started uh, that way. <laughs> right. Okay. So then um, now, now, see, this article right here, yeah. this on, on the Florida sentencing system. Oh, so it speaks to every reason you don't want the death penalty. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a, here is a rare instance, because I don't see very much of this anymore, yeah. really serious investigative journalism. Yeah. Serious kudos go out to the Herald Tribune yeah. for this massive undertaking. We don't really see this anymore. Yeah, it took a while, yeah. I mean, let me just... I'm, I'm reading straight from the article, but th- just so you get a sense of what they did. Herald Tribune spent a year reviewing tens of millions of records in two state databases, one compiled by the state's court clerks that tracks criminal cases, and the other uh, by the Florida Department of Corrections. And they examined more than 85,000 
criminal appeals, read through boxes of court documents, and crossed the state to interview more than 100 legal experts, advocates, criminal defendants, the judges that they talk about in these um, cases. They also reached out to them. So the newspaper built a one-of-a-kind or first-of-its-kind database of Florida's criminal judges to compare sentencing patterns based on everything from a judge's age and previous work experience to race and political affiliation. And their goal here was to see... What, if any, disparities there were among sentencing. Yeah, Yeah. and what they found is that there is a massive bias. Yeah, and in so many cases, you know, whites were given either half the amount of time or even like a third uh, of the time that black defendants were receiving. And the state of Florida has implemented a system that was trying proactively to be fair. Yeah, we have a point system. So basically, once you meet a certain amount of points, then there's a minimum sentence or a maximum sentence. And so that point system should make it equitable for everyone. Except it doesn't. Yeah, and then but then we have the advent of plea deals. And as we know, most things get, you know... I saw that as one of the reasons why the judge, a judge, gave for the reason why there's this disparity. The judge was like, don't look at us. We just get these you know, please on silver platters and we basically rubber stamp them. So don't blame me. But that sort of takes away some of the responsibility that judges still have. Because they do have, yeah, they certainly have the discretion to, you know, lower the amount of time in a plea deal. Right. And so in some of the cases, it wasn't, it didn't seem that they were giving black people higher sentences than would be expected, but they gave white people Lower, lower or yeah. no jail sentences. Yeah. We th- in this article it covered a case of a of a guy that held up a, a convenience store and got probation. Yeah, and and they had a similar case of another guy that did the same. Then he got what six months or a year in prison. Yeah, and so it, the problem was a lot of the judges. There's not much diversity there, and so you're looking at I believe it was what less than seven percent of the judges in Florida are black. Yeah. And of that 7%, about half are only are assigned to serious felonies. Yeah. So you're getting serious um, um, underrepresentation. And, you know, quite frankly, if a judge is not aware of his bias, when he looks like looks at someone that looks like him, he's going to see something more redeemable in that person. Yes. And so versus an idea of other and I'm fearful of you and you need to be locked away. Right. And so it might just be... It, it, well, it's definitely a bias that I don't think every judge is aware of, but it exists. And so there needs to be some sort of... Apparently judges yeah. get about like 90 minutes of bias training. Yeah, that's ridiculous. When, at the yeah. beginning of yeah. their career. That's definitely not enough to overcome a lifetime yeah. of potential bias that's um, built in. I also found it very interesting that they cite the war on drugs as one of the big reasons why this dis- um, disparity exists so much. Well, it certainly it's made everyone kind of like look- a confirmation of yeah. what we know. It, yeah, it certainly made you know black people, uh, people in inner cities look more violent and more, you know, as if they, they were just more prone to committing crime after crime after crime. Right. When so you had to lock them away forever. Not. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were, let me see, I have to go through this. I, I don't want to miss, I mean, I spent so long, I mean, this was a massive article. Yeah, because they, they, compared, they compared all, like, different crimes. They compared robberies, they compared, yes. you know, uh, just different, across the board, and across the board they found the, the same thing. Right. And there were so many moments, so many things that I read in here that I was like, holy crap, holy shit, yeah. oh my, oh, like, it, I mean, probably no less than, like, a dozen times that I said that yeah. throughout. So I really recommend that you look up this article. Because a lot of times we don't pay much attention. We talk about guilt or innocence, and we're not necessarily looking at, oh, both people are guilty. How much time are they serving? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there are, there are very few cases of, like, overt racism. One criminal judge asked to be reassigned after saying, 
an attempted murder case was NHI. Had you ever heard of that? No. NHI is an acronym that stands for No Humans Involved. It refers to cases where the defendant, victims, and witnesses are all black. And so they're called No Humans Involved. Yeah. What? I, I That person needs to be, like, yeah. kicked out of the country. It, well, I'll, you're like, yeah. I'm not going to go that <laughs> yeah. far. No, no, I was going to say I'm not all that surprised. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I've been here in L.A. my whole life, yeah. so I am surprised. But you're from Florida. Yeah. And so, you know, outside of like Miami and some certain areas, it, it, it's a very hostile environment. I mean, to as be a I was reading this, I'm like, oh, thank God. Shock yeah. is here. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, not, I know that you don't plan to like commit any crimes, yeah. but like just in case you were accidentally oh, t- picked up and then you're, you know, we already have that problem. But yeah, in my Miami's pretty diverse. So that. You, that's probably where you're getting that seven percent, but then the rest of the rest of Florida is not so diverse. Yeah, this was really uh, eye-opening. And uh, one other thought, that other thing that I thought was really interesting was that um, there was a study done by a couple of universities that tested implicit bias um, on the internet. It took millions of people to do. And it found that three quarters of participants showed at least some negative biases towards blacks. The test reveals that men are more biased than women and conservatives are more biased than liberals. So as a liberal woman, I am apparently (laughs) as unbiased (laughs) as they get. Hopefully that's true. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And finally, uh, we have an idea that somebody proposed, somebody at the ACLU has proposed uh, a way to enforce body cams magically functioning or magically being on at the right time. Yeah. Because already we're seeing problems of them not being turned on or malfunctioning or who knows what. And that's being used by police officers to n- not cover what actions they took. Yeah. And so there's an idea that says, well, if you don't have your body camera on, when you go to testify, the jury can choose to throw out what you say or to not believe what you say in light of the fact that there is no body cam evidence to back it up. Yeah, I love this jury instruction. Obviously, if the jury finds it was deliberate, you know, in order to cover something up, then they'll disregard your testimony. If they believe, however, it was reasonable that, you know, you didn't have it on because you were, maybe you stepped to do something privately for a second and, you know, and then that's when whatever incident took place. So if they find there's a reasonable, um, there's a reason why your body cam wasn't on, then your testimony will be taken in light of all the evidence. Yeah, so the reason that I liked this is because this doesn't pass a new law, doesn't make the, yeah. but, and, but I, th- I think that a lot of us, and I didn't probably until pretty recently realize that what the law says is not even most of what makes a difference. What makes a difference is A, it's enforcement, mm-hmm. and B, the jury instructions. Yeah. The jury instructions are so important, yeah. they're basically equivalent to the law itself well, yeah, in, well, in, well, the, of, in terms of importance. Of course, because the, what the jury understands is going to, you know, determine guilt or innocence. Yeah. And so if the jury thinks, you know, manslaughter is, you know, stealing an M&M off the table, then they're going to convict you of manslaughter. Right. They think it's something else, and, you know, that's what they'll go with. Yeah. So when, so, so when somebody looks to alter the jury instructions, I'm, 
that sounds smart to me because yeah. um, you know we don't need this whole and and we all look at like we need to look out for our politicians and the laws that they pass. Yes, we do, but yeah. and we also need to look at the jury instructions because they're just as important. And I think this one it's is perfect. a really great idea. Um, so since both of us agree that we like the idea. We're probably going to have a hard time coming up with reasons why it's a bad idea. Yeah, well, I like that it's specific and that it, it actually speaks to the harm of why someone might turn the camera off. You know, that they might turn it off to cover up the truth. And so now you're literally going, if, if we find you turn it off to cover up the truth, we will not take your testimony because you're probably lying there too. Yeah. So I, I, li- I liked how it just really gets to the heart of it. Yeah, I like it. All right. I like it, and I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then. Um, Thank you so much. Um, Please be sure, like, comment, tweet, subscribe. Um, Let us know your thoughts. You can tweet me, at Chelsea Galicia. For some reason, I made it through the whole show with some words and then lost them at the end. Shock, you want to share yours? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Strong. And don't forget to come back next week for another episode of Justice is Served. Have a great one, everyone. Bye, guys. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.